Thanksgiving.net. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where Wednesday is mug day with $7 Cousin Cocktails, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. To Miller and Condon just past 11 o'clock, about six minutes after 11 as we take you up until noon. Uh, still to come at the bottom of the hour, we'll head to Chicago, David Kaplan, uh, NBC Sports Chicago, 665 on DTV, and of course ESPN 1000. Uh, let's get David Eicholt in here. He covers the Hawkeyes at Hawkeye Insider, part of 24-7 Sports. Uh, he joins us. Good media availability among some of the football players yesterday, and he wrote up a really good recap, and I appreciate it. I read it last night, David Eicholt. Uh, at your uh, site, Hawkeye Insider, on uh, just some of the um, you know, some of the guys that you talked to yesterday. How are you? Hey, things are going well, guys. Appreciate you having me back on. Uh, definitely a busy time going right now, but uh, no off-season, and... You know, we gotta love it. Yeah, indeed, we do. Uh, that's that's for sure. Nothing moves the needle like I when Iowa State conversation. So let's get into it a little bit uh, for you. And you know, where I want to start with you is the running backs. Who, Lashawn Williams, Gavin Williams. I really think Iowa's got something there. And in a one-two punch, in both of the Williams brothers, no, not brothers, but uh, the Williams boys. Um, I think they're going to have. We we caught glimpses of them right in the Citrus Bowl last year, and I think they're going to build on that. I have very high hopes for both of them at the running back position. No, and I think that's well warranted. I think a couple of things. I think you look at, you know, it's going to be bad for Iowa to lose Tyler Goodson, his game-breaking ability, you know, his sideline-to-sideline speed, I think, will be missed, his sort of shiftiness. But I think if you look at Iowa's offense, what's the one thing they need? They need consistency. And I think you look at uh, Gavin and LaShawn Williams, both bring a couple of different things to the table, and both of them, definitely speak like veterans i mean i was very impressed with how well poised and confident that they both seem and you know what sean williams said yesterday you know a lot of people look at me as more of a north south back between the tackles guy but he believes he has a lot of shakiness to him he can go on the outside bounce things out juke out a couple defenders and i think we saw glimpses of that and i think you look at gavin williams i think you know i maybe he reminds me a little bit of LaShawn daniels maybe a makai Sargent. In a way, maybe a blend of them both. But I think you look at him, I think he can easily be a four and a half to five yards to carry guy between the tackles, has a very good straight line speed, incredibly strong lower body. And I think the most important thing that I've heard them both say is how much the game has slowed down. And on top mm-hmm. of that, too, they definitely hype up each other and they talk about how they do think they're going to shock some people uh, with how it looks. And, you know, the reality, too, is Iowa's offensive line, I think, is going to be a lot better just from the get-go compared to last year. With all due respect, Tyler Linderbaum and how fantastic he was during the course of his Iowa career, I think there's a lot of optimism on Iowa's offensive line. Obviously, the centers could be a big, big thing, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Connor Colby contend for a potential all-Big Ten caliber spot. I think he's got that sort of ceiling this year. And I think, you know, if you have guys on the outside, if Jack Plum can put things together, I think the offensive line can really create some push and really move guys. I think that's just going to open the door for a much more consistent Iowa running attack. That will take even uh, pressure off Spencer Petras, 
assuming he's a starter week one. You mentioned that offensive line, of course, big shoes to fill at the center position. What's the latest there? You got Logan Jones making the jump over. You got Mulduski, who is a big time recruit coming in. A couple other incumbents there. Who takes over for Linderbaum ultimately in your mind? Yeah, I think that's the big question. If I had to be a betting man, uh, I would say Logan Jones has a very good shot. Mm. I know Matt Fagan's been taking some snaps there, but Logan Jones, I've heard really good things about him. Spencer Petras has gone on the record, and you know, a couple offensive linemen just said, yeah, you know, the reality is Logan Jones is really moving people well across the offensive line, and most importantly, he's snapping the ball well. I think mm. that earlier uh, last week, a couple comments made by Iowa players and coaches that really caught my ear and my attention was, He's not putting the ball on the ground, and that can be a big problem when, you know, when you're a defensive lineman converting over to O-line, and that's something that I think is incredibly, incredibly optimistic for this Iowa team. And if he can get that consistency down, if he can stay out of you know, injury trouble, I think he's going to contend for that spot. Like I said, Connor Colby on the interior. I think there's a lot of different guys that can move into place. I think Justin Britt could really maybe put some things together. Jack Plum. Uh, Nick DeYoung, and then, you know, who knows who knows who else might emerge on the tackle spots. But I think the big quote that caught my ear overall from the offensive line was LaShawn well, Williams said yesterday, you know, this spring, these guys are actually moving people off the line as opposed to last spring. And I think when you look at how inconsistent that O-line was beginning of the year, and even in spring ball last year during the two spring opportunities that we had, uh, that's going to be a big, big deal. And just because of that comment alone outside the quarterback battle, I'm going to be keeping a very, very close eye on that offensive line because if they can put it together and take uh, pressure off Petrus and give them time in the pocket, I think that could definitely open up some doors. So, do you do would you would you say that Jack Plum at right tackle is, you know, he's in the biggest battle? I mean, you know, obviously center they got to replace their All American right Logan Jones as you're saying you're hearing good things about him, but is right tackle maybe the biggest area of concern on the offensive line? You know, I think right now, yes. And, you know, part of it, too, is just when you look at the film from last year and you look at the inconsistencies, I mean, that that's going to be the big thing for me to watch as well. Like I said, I think Nick DeYoung, Jack Plummer could be in there. I think Mason Richmond needs to be on the field. I really like him at left tackle. I think his upside is tremendous. And I know I've talked to you guys about David Davidkoff. I think he's a year away, but if he's listed as the backup, uh, right now, which he is, I think that's going to be a very good sign going forward because I think, you know, athletically – and upside-wise, I think he's among the highest potential guys on the roster to eventually take over a tackle spot. So, you know, I think Jack Plum, Nick DeYoung will battle it out. Jack Plum strikes me as the guy that if he can just continue to stay low and use that big frame to really move guys and, you know, just physically dominate and overwhelm the edge rushers, I think he could be in for one of those classic Kirk Ferentz, you know, fourth to fifth year big, big jumps. It's not going to surprise me if Jack Plum uh, maybe he's an honorable mention tackle this year, and if he takes a big step forward, because right now uh, I think Iowa and George Barnett is expecting him to take that step forward. So we're hearing just murmurs that the offense is looking a little different, that the passing game's improved. A couple of the players, when they were interviewed yesterday, mentioned that, that the passing game's a little bit more difficult to decipher. Is this spring football speak, or do you think something's actually going on over there with the Iowa offense? You know, I think that's the big question mark, Trent. I mean, it seems like every every year we kind of hear this about the offense. They want to piece it together. And the reality is, you know, I, I, was talking, I probably spent 20 minutes talking to Keegan Johnson yesterday. And by the way, I think he has future team captain written all over him. Just mm. speaks so incredibly well, very mature. But I think when you come from a football family, that's going to sort of resonate uh, with him. But the reality is he said, look, 
you know, we at this point we can say what we want, but we need to take that next step, and it's time for us as an offense to uphold our end of the bargain. And that those are some incredibly bold words from a true sophomore, but I think Keegan knows that he's going to be a very big focal point of this offense, along with Arlen Bruce this year. So I have heard behind the scenes that Spencer Petras is completing a lot more of his deep passes, maybe a little bit more touch on the ball. But, you know, guys, the reality, too, is it's spring football. You kind of have to be able to do that because, guess what, if you're a quarterback, you're not in danger of getting hit whatsoever. It's not like you're having Aiden Hutchinson rushing at you every single play to sort of speed up your mechanics. So I'm going to take it with a grain of salt, but I will say, again, you get Sam LaPorta back, you get – Keegan and Arlen, who have been in the system for well over a year now. Remember, this is their second spring ball. They were both early enrollees last year, and I think that's huge for their development and understanding of the offense as a whole. Then you got two you know, good running backs who I think will contribute well. Uh, the offense has the capability, and they have, they have tools to take steps forward this year. Now, like Keegan said, it's just about piecing it all together. And uh, if, if Brian Ferentz and Kelton Copeland and those guys really sort of dumbed down the passing game and made it more simple – I think that's going to go a long, long way for this offense if they can find ways to put Spencer Petras in a position uh, to succeed and get the ball to playmakers. Well, Torrey Taylor doesn't think he's going to be punting as much as he did last year. He came out and told you guys that yesterday when you had an opportunity to <laughs> to speak with him. Boy, this kid's really living the American dream, right, and taking every advantage of uh, of what uh, the uh, opportunities that were afforded to him coming over uh, and, and punting in the Big Ten. Uh, I love his story. I really do. Uh, but he said the right thing when he's talking about his quarterback, right? Uh, how did he say it? He didn't say it in jest. I don't. I certainly didn't take it that way. You guys were surrounding him when he said it. Um, he said he didn't, doesn't see the uh, he's going to get uh, the opportunity to punt as much as he did last year. Yeah, I mean, Tory Taylor obviously said he'd love to go out and punt the ball 80 times to get this year, but he said, <laughs> I don't think the fans will want to see me out there as much this year. But, you know, he, he did say that this spring ball looks different than the other previous ones he's seen he thinks the offense definitely is looking more fluid that they're completing more deep passes the ball's getting a lot there are more balls in the end zone than there have been in previous years and again i take with a grain of salt because think about this all three of iowa's linebackers really have been limited in spring practice justin jacobs hasn't played jack campbell seth benson limited a couple of cornerbacks have been limited as well and that takes nothing away from the offense of whether progressing but you got to remember they're not going up against the a team i think jack campbell should be a first-team preseason All-American with, with what he did last year as well. Obviously, Iowa's got Riley Moss back there, Kayvon Merriweather. I think the secondary is going to be just as strong despite losing a number of key pieces. I think it's time people, you know, really don't don't count out Phil Parker's defense. And the reality is Iowa lose a lot of experience, but they bring back a lot of guys who have sort of been groomed uh, to step up. But, you know, to go back to what you said, I don't think Torrey Taylor said it in jest. He, he went on to just say, look, we just look more confident. We're farther along than we've been. And he said, look, yeah, I'm going to pump the ball fewer times this year based on how just everything's going, especially in the red zone. And he even said, I don't think there'll be as many field goals as there have been last year. And I think that's uh, music to Iowa's ears, Iowa fans' ears, because let's face it, guys, Iowa's not winning 10 games and they pump the ball 80 times <laughs> next year. <laughs> Again, there's, there's zero chance of that. Speaking of Tory Taylor, what in God's name was he wearing yesterday? What was that hoodie that had a picture of like a teddy bear in a suit holding a football is that his thing? What's going on there? You know, that's a good question. I meant to ask him about that, but I kind of uh, just went over to a couple of different guys, but I was all about it. I mean, you talk about <laughs> a 24-year-old Australian punter going out, showing off some nice swag. I mean, hey, I- I'm all about it. Uh, it was it was pretty uh, – it's not the first time he's worn something like that, though. Let's put it that way. I may have to uh, 
do some investigative journalism into what uh, what he was wearing. I will say, I think it was Ralph Lauren. Oh, okay. I think it was nice, and, he, and he's very involved in count the kicks. Is he, he is, not? Yeah, yes. good, good for him. Mm-hmm. And he can't take advantage of that nil as well. Although perhaps that may be changing, as there seems to be uh, some of the foreign uh, college athletes are maybe coming together and trying to uh, to work on something with that. Uh, football wise, anything else from you, Trent? On football, I want to get to basketball. We miss uh, what did we miss basketball wise? If anything, Iowa, Iowa State game is now set in stone, December the eighth. I think there were a couple of other dates that were announced yesterday but the uh uh the the annual cyhawk battle got my attention anything in the basketball world you know i will say this i think like you said the iowa iowa state games will be december 8th i think it's going to be incredibly highly anticipated based on what uh what's been going on but i do think a big thing for iowa is they are going back to not not the home you know the multi-team events they're going to the emerald classic uh, in Florida, and they're going up against some incredibly high-caliber teams. Obviously, California's there. They had a down year, but you look at, I think Clemson's a decent little program. Then TCU, I mean, under Jamie Dixon, what they did uh, in the NCAA tournament. I think if Iowa can find a way to face off against TCU, uh, the first-round matchups has not been set for that. But, I mean, you talk about a, a strong, strong resume building win or opportunity not in the non-conference i think tcu would be a very big one because i look at them and i look at top 15 top 10 mm-hmm. preseason team i think they're gonna be incredibly talented next year uh with the guys that they got coming back so i i think it's a good move by fran but again i think iowa returns a plethora of experience 24 7 sports has iowa ranked number 16 in their preseason way too early rankings for next season a lot of buzz there, and certainly Chris Murray being a part of that would be big. Even bigger is if he can get the big man from Utah Valley, Fardaz Amok. What's the latest on his recruitment? Is this thing stretching out? Are we waiting? Is it you know a lot to do with maybe NBA and talking to some people there? What can you tell us about the big guy from Utah Valley? Yeah, I think right now Fardaz Amok, this is not going to be a decision that comes you know, over the next couple of days. He's, set, uh, he's working on staying a visit to Iowa. Iowa's worked incredibly hard on this one. Arkansas is basically out of the race, given all the great transfers that they've had. They're probably a top two, three team on my preseason rankings. I think Texas Tech is going to be the biggest threat there. I think that they have a lot to sell him. And obviously, uh, you know, with who they got there right now, I love that team. I think Fardos make a big difference for them. But I do think that Iowa has one of the biggest selling points just in terms of, you know, with his play style and what he kind of wants out of it and Iowa's big man development. So he is working on a visit to Iowa, but, I mean, this is a guy that's going to go through the NBA draft process. He's in no hurry. I mean, every team in the country who already isn't solidified that position would absolutely take him. Uh, but like I said, I think Iowa's working incredibly hard on this one. I do think they're in the top three or top four, but I think right now Texas Tech has a slight advantage uh, just given all the success that they've had. But, I mean, this one's not over right now. Uh, when is the uh, the deadline to withdraw? Do you have Is it June 1st? I think it's late. Do you know? I believe it is June 1st. I, I would need to double-check that, but I know if you're going to be an early entry into the NBA draft process, you have to declare by April 24th. Right, I think, and then you got some time after that to uh, to withdraw. Your, I, I, that name, that uh, date rings a bell anyways. We won't hold you to that. David, great stuff. <laughs> uh, again, really enjoyed your recap of uh, the media avail yesterday, kind of uh, bullet point form, rapid-fire type thing. Um, Thank you for doing that for us at uh, HawkeyeInsider.com, part of 24-7 Sports. David Eichel, join us. Dave, we'll talk to you down the road. Thank you. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure, fellas. Take care. Thank you. Yep, good to talk to you. David Eichel, 
as uh, we talk uh, Hawkeye football, basketball. And I found it, yeah, June 1st is the date for the NCAA early entrant withdrawal deadline. So you have to, you know what, get off the pot by 6-1. And that was different last year. Of course, a lot of things were different last year. So mm-hmm. I think it was up until like July. Was it really that yeah, late? Jeez. Programs trying to put together the rosters made it a little bit more difficult, but we also mm-hmm. had, what, a July NBA draft last year. True. So yep. that was a big difference in it, too. Makes things a little bit easier this year, but... Probably a long, drawn-out process. And, you know, if they don't get Amok, they're still looking for another big, right? Oh, they have to. I mean, they're going all in with him, and they're uh-huh. not flirting with anybody else. They're telling him, you're our guy. Right. But if they come up empty, he can't go into the season again playing guys that really aren't centers at center throughout the course of a Big Ten season. <laughs> Look, Robracci gave it his all. He did. He really did. I'm glad he's coming back for another year. I yes. hope he gets to play his position. But if he can play 8 to 10 minutes at center as right. opposed to 22. Totally agree with you. That's excellent. Yep. Same thing with Chris Murray. Mm-hmm. Instead of guarding centers, if he's guarding threes and fours, mm-hmm. how much better is his game going to be? I, I he's, he's one of those kids. I mean, we saw what his brother did, right, mm-hmm. from last year to this year. Not saying that Chris is going to have a similar arc, but if he has you know half of that... Mm-hmm. Um and as he's shown him, I mean he's he had his he had his moments. There's no doubt about was it that. The Indiana game he had 29. Uh, he led the team right, and it was Chris, not Keegan. And that was against a front line with Trace Jackson yeah. Davis and Race Thompson. Right, and he scored 29 in that game. That's not bad. Yeah, That's he's not, not doing it against Beloit State. He did it against a real team. When are they on the schedule? Early November, I'm assuming, right? You, you know they'll be there. Uh, we'll take our time out. We'll head to Chicago next with our buddy David Kaplan, Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors. Cappy, uh, catch up on the White Sox. They won their home opener, catch up with the Cubs. They won their road opener at Pittsburgh yesterday. Suzuki hit a pair of home runs. We'll catch up with Cappy and we come back. Miller and Condon. Trends play of the day still to come as well. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KX. Oh, 1-800-BETS-OFF. Do you remember when America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, won their first Super Bowl with Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, and company. It's been a while, but the answer is 1993. Do you know when Wolf Roofing started roofing houses? That's right, 1993. Wolf Roofing has been around for a long time. For your next roofing project, put the experience of Wolf Roofing on your side. Find them on the web at wolfroofing.net or give them a call at 515-225-8866. Or online, Wolf Roofing. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Des Moines homeowners have two questions. What's the best time to rent out my home? And what's the best way to do it? The best time is when you're moving, relocating, combining households, inheriting a house, or you just don't want to pay a mortgage anymore. The best way to rent? Hire Renner's Warehouse. Whether you have one home or a property portfolio, Renner's Warehouse does the work so you don't have to. They perfectly price your property so you don't have to. They find great tenants in just 17 days on average so you don't have to. And for a small, flat monthly fee, their professional landlords manage your property 24-7 so you don't have to. Collect the rent? You don't have to. Maintenance, inspections, and tax paperwork? You don't have to. There's no upfront fees, no binding contracts, and you can cancel at any time. Find out what your home will rent for by calling 515 528 
4429 or go to renterswarehouse.com that's renterswarehouse.com renters warehouse des moines you can't buy happiness from that emory sent you Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. The music means David Kaplan. We are going to get to him. Have a little phone trouble getting uh, Cappy on the line. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors Cappy on a weekly basis. Certainly grateful to them for that. If you're in the market for manufactured natural stone veneer products, they've got over 200 different color and pattern combinations, whether your project is inside or outside. Uh, since if it involves that, that type of product, you'll be glad that you stop by the website or better yet, go by the store. Check them out in the showroom, 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines, 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines, Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors Cappy. White Sox win yesterday. Cubs win yesterday. Uh, Bulls in the playoffs. Lots of ground to cover with Cappy. And we shall get to him uh, here momentarily. Uh, on Chicago sports. Are they, um, I think the, the Cubs are this morning, right? Yeah, they're 11.35. I know Kyle Hendricks pitches for the Cubbies. Let's get Cappy in here. Cap, Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on. Cap, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. You know, I guess uh, let's start with the Cubs. Uh, first of all, they finished before the White Sox did yesterday. Cap, I think there's a couple of storylines. Obviously, Suzuki has been fantastic. But the pitching staff, both both the uh, uh, guys out of the pen, with the exception of Jesse Chavez on Sunday, and the starters have been really, really good, including yesterday, Drew Smiley. I don't know what they found in, in him or how they've turned him around, but his, he was really good yesterday. He was excellent. They, look, their whole rotation, it's four games. You know, I did my um, recap. I don't know if you watched the recap. I do. I put him on Twitter. I put my recap out, and, of course, i got to have the haters come right at me. Dude, in a month, your team's going to be in dead last. It's only four games. I said on the video, I know it's only four games, but would you rather be one and three and have your four starters get the crap kicked out of them? <laughs> it's just its cool to see them get quality pitching. It's cool to see them have Suzuki off to this great start. And let's see where this thing goes. I mean, no one was predicting a World Series. But they are predicting, that, as I told you guys last week, they will be better than people realize. And they're certainly proving that out. Again, it's early. There's a lot of season in front. But just enjoy the ride. And there's so many people that just got to be miserable all the time, right? Got to have that negativity that always seeps in, and watching Suzuki, what he's been able to do, they cobble things together. Who else? Who else is pop here off your screen or watching this team over the first week that gets you excited going forward? But Nico Horner yeah. playing shortstop, and you know he was not going to be their starting shortstop. He was absolutely, Jed Hoyer told me on the air, hey, we're going to use him like we used Chris Bryant. Hey, you play short, you play third, you play second, you play in center field. We'll put you wherever we can. They weren't expecting him to hit like Chris Bryant. Don't get me wrong. 
they were expecting his versatility. Well, then Simmons hurts his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Hey, Nico, you're the next best thing. You got to go. Did you see that throw he made from deep in the hole? It yesterday? was unbelievable. That's a big league shortstop throw. Yep. So maybe he's quieting his critics. Yeah, and apparently he did. Uh, they said on the broadcast he made a similar play spring training, so it's not like that was the first time uh, that he was able to pull that off. You know, I guess, Cap, on the other side of the coin, um, Patrick Wisdom off to a slow start. What's the level of concern with him? At the plate, I'm talking about. Um, let's see. How do I answer this without being considered jerky? Um, level of concern? I don't have any because I didn't expect anything. I didn't. There's a reason he's a 30-year-old second-year guy. Mm-hmm. He hit some home runs last year. He also struck out, I think, at a higher percentage clip than just about anyone in the National League. He is who he is. He will give you some pop. He is never going to be the long-term answer at third. So I don't have tremendous concern. Now, if he's going to hit as poorly as he's hit, I mean awful, then they're going to have to address it if their team continues to find a way to win games. Nick Madrigal, one for his first 15. Young dude, what do you see there? Good glove. I like Nick Madrigal. I loved the trade when they sent Kimbrell to the White Sox. They got back Cody Hoyer. Now he blew his elbow out and he had Tommy John, so we won't see him for a year. But getting Nick Madrigal, he was the fourth overall pick in the draft. In the same draft, Nico Horner was selected. And in Nick Madrigal, the White Sox thought they had a the go-to guy in the locker room because they had a number of players that didn't speak English. And they were thinking, there's the go-to guy, the face, the little spark plug on our team. Is he a gold glove second baseman? He's not, but he can hit. So he started slow. I'm not telling you he's going to the Hall of Fame, but I think he is going to be a long-term piece in the two-hole in the lineup, Mm -hmm. playing second base for the next five or more years. Mm. Let's go to the White Sox cap. They uh, opened up their home portion of the schedule yesterday. And again, at the back of the bullpen, it's one of those hair on fire saves. I know, I think it was, uh, I think it was this morning you tweeted about, you know, just closers in Chicago and, and, and who makes you pull your hair out. And Rod Beck was the first one that came to mind, mm. but on the South side, Hendricks, man, he, he struck out three, but he also gave up three hits. He threw 25 pitches. This is what you're going to get out of him, right? This is what you're going to get. And he has great stuff. But again, Craig Kimbrell has great stuff. He does. When you get that opportunity to close on a team that feels like they can win the World Series, you expect a guy to have 97-mile-an-hour fastball and a really good breaking ball and a great demeanor. He struggled through his first two appearances. He's got one save and one blown save. Had he blown that one yesterday, Mm -hmm. people would have gotten really, really concerned because the White Sox should be undefeated. They really should. The Cubs should be undefeated. We should have two 4-0 baseball teams. Daniel Norris just had a bad day for the Cubs on Sunday, and Liam Hendricks had a bad day on opening day in Detroit. Still would sign up to have Liam Hendricks as my closer. I think he's a stud. Yeah, and Chavez was bad before that. And the bad part about a cap is Marcus Stroman in his first start as a Cub on Sunday, like the rest, like the rest of the start. I mean, where did Steele's effort come from on Saturday? Starting rotation's been really good. How about this stat from Saturday? I think I tweeted this. I know I put it in my recap after the game on Saturday. So I can't tell you the last time it happened. Someone has tweeted at me since 2011, but I haven't done the research. Maybe the last time the Chicago Cubs 
at a four-pitcher shutout, and all four pitchers are from their farm system. I told you, Trent, yeah, that I yes. saw that yep. somewhere. And I, Cap, it was you that put it out. I said to that Trent on me. Monday, I, I, I know I saw this over the weekend. I couldn't remember where I saw it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, now crazy. That... And you saw the Suzuki stat yesterday, which was the most amazing stat of them all. So since the RBI became an official statistic in 1920, that's 102 years ago, the only man to have four or more walks, eight or more RBIs in his first four games of his career is Seiya Suzuki. Mm. Never happened. Mm. Pretty good place to be. Mm. Hey, speaking of yeah. uh, closers, bullpen, the Cubs, they cobbled it together. They didn't go out, spend money on the bullpen. But you know, Givens, he had moments in Baltimore. And David Robertson, he's a pro. Yeah. And you kind of look at the way this is constructed. For the most part, bullpens can become kind of a crapshoot. I kind of, I'm intrigued at the very least with this bullpen. Going to blow up absolutely, but where are you right now when you look at the seven, eight, nine, sometimes ten guys in the bullpen now for the Cubs? Uh, who am I to doubt Jed Hoyer and his scouting staff's ability to find pitchers, and then Tommy Hadovy and his staff to develop or refine? In the case of you know like Givens or Robertson, who are you know established longtime veterans. You know, last year we went Ryan who Tapera. Really? Yeah. Ryan Tapera. Huh. Interesting. And we thought Craig Kimbrell's done. There's no way he's going to pitch. And he pitched amazingly well in a Cubs uniform. So uh, I'm uh, Andrew Chafin a year ago. I'm all in on these guys know what they're looking for. And maybe there is something to this pitch lab that Theo and Jed created where they increase your RPMs in terms of your spin rate. And all of a sudden you go, huh, maybe the Cubs have found something. We're going to find out, but it's certainly a great start to the season. Where did Chafin end up? Is he in Detroit? Mm, I don't remember. remember where. I, I think he is in Detroit. I think you're right. Yeah, I, you know, you're right, Cap. He was one of those stories last year that, uh, boy, where, where did this guy ever come from? Uh, done with baseball trend. Want to get to the Bulls? Uh, the Bulls will open up against uh, the defending champion, Milwaukee Bucks. That's Sunday, uh, game one of that series. Cap, I'm seeing more... Uh, guys that and gals that follow the NBA that are picking bucks in four, maybe this thing goes five, but most don't think it's going to go long. I don't either. And I'm not saying that as a Bulls hater, nothing would make me happier than to see them knock out the defending champion. I just don't see it. I, I said this yesterday. I would love your guys' opinion if you agree. From my coaching days, when you have a team that is as good defensively as Milwaukee is at walling off the lane, and by that I mean they don't allow your guards to penetrate down the middle of the lane where you can then flip it up to the rim, find Vucevic rolling to the basket, or kick to the wing, Milwaukee does a tremendous job with Drew Holiday, Wes Matthews in limited stints off the bench, You've got Giannis down there. You've got Brooke Lopez. You have all these really, really good dudes that keep you from penetrating. And the best way to a clean perimeter look, I'll, I'll say it a million times, is either through the post or through the paint because everyone has to move that way to stop you. Now you kick it. Well, who do the Bulls have that's going to make mm -hmm. that jump shot consistently? Consistently. I'm not talking about Zach Levine because they're going to always shadow him with a defender. DeMar is not a three-point shooter. Right. The one guy the Bulls have is Kobe White, and he's been nothing short of pathetic shooting the ball the last 30 to 45 days. Horrible, like 
27 or 28 percent. If Kobe White makes threes, and again, he's had his minutes cut because of his struggles. If Kobe White can make some threes, and I'm not asking him to shoot 70 percent, shoot 39 to 40 percent, 42 percent, make open looks. That's going to force Milwaukee to send Chris Middleton flying to the wing, Drew Holiday shifting out on the wing, and all of a sudden now there's that sliver of daylight for Zach, for DeMar, to be able to get themselves into that mid-range game where Chicago succeeds. I have no reason to believe Kobe's going to do that. If he does, they'll keep it close. Where's Caruso at in terms of health? They say he's going to go, that he's ready to go. He's had a rough year. He broke his wrist at that punk Grayson Allen. (laughs) That's Uh, right, yeah. These two teams don't like each other. He's had some back issues. These guys need the offseason to get healthy, get Lonzo Ball healthy, and allow Arturis Karnaschovas, Billy Donovan, and Mark Eversley to do what they do, which is be bold and go get a rim protector and two shooters. After the great start, Kind of a disappointing end, especially, like Ken said, if it ends in a sweep or even lose it in five, it'll be disappointing. But you have to feel good about the direction of this organization now, right? That they're on the right path to getting back towards respectability. Yeah, I love what they're doing. If I had told you two years ago, before they uh, announced that Gar had been fired, before they announced the hiring of AK and Mark Eversley and Billy Donovan, We had a punch clock that the players literally had to punch in for work. We had a coach who was calling timeouts down 30, 25, whatever it was with 15 seconds left for whatever reason. I have no idea. And he was not in sync with his team. 24 months later, less, 22, 23 months later, you've got one of the better coaches in the game in Billy Donovan. You've now got Vucevic. Zach is a much happier, better player. DeMar DeRozan, Alonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, Patrick Williams. It's like night and day. Even from 12 months ago, you didn't have DeMar, Caruso, or Ball. They are a vastly improved organization. So are you on TV tonight, Cap, or are they going to relegate you to uh, online only again? Well, it depends if they play the White Sox game. They're scheduled for a 5.30 pregame and a 6.10 first pitch with the Mariners at guaranteed rate. It's not raining right now. It rained a little earlier. If it rains and they end up banging that game, I will be on television. But if they don't, I will be hanging around the studio in case it does rain (laughs) and doing my show on YouTube TV. Good stuff. Cap, uh, thank you for doing this as always. We'll catch up with you next week. Thank you, Cap. I look forward to it, boys. See you, buddy. Good to talk to you. David Kaplan, Centurion Stone of Iowa, sponsors our buddy, The Cap Man. We're grateful to them for doing that as we catch up on Chicago sports. You know, for the last two appearances with Cap, I don't think we've talked the Bears at all. No. There's just really nothing percolating. No first-round first first Right, yeah. exactly. Um, it's hard for me to get into the NFL draft because You of know that. what, Trent and I love it, and I feel the same way. Yeah. Just because my squad that I follow doesn't have one either. Yeah. We got Russell Wilson, though, so... That's a pretty we, good trade-off. Yeah. yeah, we do have him. Look at you. Uh, back in, all in. Uh, 11.45, Trent's play of the day. Coming up next, Circus Sports sponsors. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Edition Supply. With the first pick in the 2022 KXNO Mock Draft, Graphite Construction Group selects you. 
That's right. We're doing it again. Join the Sports Fanatics and Graphite Construction Group as we broadcast live Wednesday, April 27th from Ken's in the lower level of the Iowa Tap Room for an interactive mock draft. Rep your team, make the selection, and announce it live on air. And when you make the pick, I'll be there alongside Graphite's Russ Carew to provide analysis and breakdown. Come join us for a fun afternoon of football talk, drinks and apps, and a chance to win some great door prizes. Wednesday, April 27th at Ken's. Not so secret speakies. Want to build it better with us? Graphite Construction Group is hiring. From carpenters, general laborers, to supers and PMs, we're growing and need to add to our team. Apply online at graphitegrp.com. And we'll see you Wednesday, April 27th for the KXNO Graphite Construction Group Mock Draft. Graphite Construction Group details today. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800 for podcasting. Global Direct Mail and Marketing is a local design and print shop that'll help you from start to finish. From design to printing and mailing it for you. From wedding invitations to birth announcements. And it's time to be thinking about those graduation announcements. No matter how big or small your project is, Global will work with you from creating a custom design to getting your project inserted into the mail. Global can design, print, and deliver. And Global can help your business grow with custom mailers designed to help you bring new customers through your doors. Located on 121st Street in Urbandale or call Craig at 515-282-3000. 282-3000. It's Global Direct Mail and Market. Bets off. Trent's Pick of the Day is brought to you by Circus Sports. Download the Circus Sports app today to play with Trent or against him. All right, welcome back. Final couple of minutes of a Wednesday here. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Time for Trent's Play of the Day. A lot of day games, although mm-hmm. uh, the Cardinals and the Royals postponed. So if you're looking forward to that one this afternoon, won't have it. But there's games already underway, right? There that- are, and one that included that I played. Guess what the Cubs-Pirates line was Tendricks versus who? Uh, let's see, who started for the Pirates? Uh, Z Thompson. That'd be Zach. Um, I don't know. The Cubs are favored. Yes. I don't know. Not, not big, are they? Minus 120. And it was yeah. minus 105 on the other side on the Pirates. So I played the Cubs and are already out to a one nothing lead. Uh, did Suzuki go deep? Uh, let's see who got the... Wilson Contreras with a home run to so back center Back-to-back games? Or is he DHing or catching? Caught yesterday. Let's look at the lineup. He is behind the dish. Okay, back to backwards for him with the His, day game. He hits the home run. The third batter of the inning comes out to one nothing lead, but I can't count that one, at least for our purposes. I do have one baseball play. And again, shop around. Mm-hmm. We tell you all the, the time. Best price. And I got the best price at Circa for the Astros this evening. In fact, this afternoon at Arizona. It'll be Kelly on the bump for Arizona. Against Valdez, who was outstanding yeah, in his first start for Houston. He was good in the playoffs. Framber Valdez is a good player. Minus 170 at some shops. At Circa, minus 159. Again, on the surface, it doesn't feel like a lot. And especially for baseball, shop around. Find those lines because you're going to be playing multiple games a day. That's very important. Tonight in the NBA, 
Going to play the Hawks. They've won eight of the last ten. It's a decent sized number, minus five and a half. Don't feel great about it, mm-hmm. but I will be playing it to give me some kind of interest because compared to last night, my excitement level is definitely <laughs> dissipated. And even the first game with the Nets being involved and KD and Kyrie and, and everything here, Charlotte against the Hawks. Ugh. Yeah, it kind of feels like um, Spurs Pelicans. Right. It feels like the real play in. It was last night. Feels like we're in Dayton. These yeah, games. it kind of does with this one, doesn't it? And yeah. it's not the second game of the doubleheader. These are the first games of the right, doubleheader. Right. You know, the, the, whoever the wins this gets a, gets a one seed. <laughs> right. It's, just, it's kind of the case, right? And I'm going to grab the Spurs, right? It's pop. Yeah. I, I don't like I the team. I have no feel. Right. I but I'm going to grab feel. the points. It's five and a half, so a decent number. More than anything, though, I'll probably be playing in-game on these ones because it's the NBA uh, and it's the best sport to play in-game NBA playoffs. All right, that's going to do it. Jose Barrios takes his 108, not 1.08, not 10.8, 108.0 ERA to the bump tonight against Garrett Cole in Yankee Stadium. Better get better. He has to. Uh, we'll we'll see. All right, that's going to do it. Uh, Miller and Condon are here every Monday through Friday from 10 until noon. We're not the last local program. Oh, no, 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 no. Far from it. Murph and Andy at 1. Fanatics at 3. Hawk Central tonight at 6. Have a great day.